So hello and welcome to Rebel City Podcast, episode five. Five. Episode yep. five, so fifth episode. Um, as always, I've got Matt. How's it going, Matt? Not bad, mate, self. Usual, usual stuff, same day. Looking forward to get started. Um, and we've got a really good guest today. It's Dan Proverbs from Brothers in Arms. How's it going, Dan? It's going well. So just a wee bit about um, the Brothers in Arms. Like, um, as we were talking about off mic, it's one of the things that we really wanted to get into the podcast. Um, part of this podcast, I suppose we should enlighten you, is, was to actually just help me and Matt, or help me, I come up with the idea to help me, give me a creative outlet, to help me with like sort of low-level mental health, uh-huh. Deal yep. with anxiety, depression, these types of things. So mm-hmm. we were really keen to get somebody um, that's involved in mental health. So if you want to just tell the people a wee bit about Brothers in Arms. Um, we were set up about a year and a half ago when we launched. And it was something that came along. I'd originally w- was looking to, well, started training to be um, a therapist and a counsellor because of my own mental health issues and I'd used therapy and found it very um, supportive of me. It really sort of transformed my uh, um, way of dealing with these issues. And so I wanted to give something back, but I wanted to specialise with in men. It's not surprising, but, but came to the conclusion even to get one man to come along to talk. You know, it took me 17 years. It was never, you know. Mm-hmm. So from that, I did a lot of research and came across the Calm Zone, which are based in London, and started going through their stuff and uh, had a lot of communication, a lot of support, and thought, why not do a Scottish version of the the Calm Zone? And I think coupled with that was the the realisation that in in Scotland we didn't have anything that was gender-specific, that was there to support men and their mental health. And... And when you look at the stats, I, I just couldn't, you know, it didn't make sense to me if 75% of all suicide is male. Mm-hmm. Why haven't we got something that is supporting men? And it seemed to be that, and that's not to say there isn't mental health support, but they're very much one size fits all. Yep. And again, yeah. you do the research and, it, you know, you've got to create something that men feel is for them. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a space that they, that that's in the man box. Um, so... There was talk of funding with a couple of organisations that fell through and then I thought, you know what, we're just going to do this. And I've been looking in the past to run my own businesses. So it was really a question of using your entrepreneurial skills to yep. to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, an idea is, a, is only an idea until other people get involved, which is what happened. And, you know, so Martin from Beam Digital, who did our website design, did it for literally nothing. And, you know, he's been personally affected by um, friends taking their own lives. So we had the, the site created. And it was, originally it was just going to be about awareness. And we had uh, personal stories. And, mm-hmm. um, and we did a lot of research into the presentation of the website and how to make it something that the 16 to 45 age group could actually look at that and go, yeah, that, that talks to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trying to get away from this kind of imagery of a, you know a guy with his head in his hand, yeah. or, you know, this sort of head bowed, and that, you know, it's trying to make it more positive and more relevant to modern man. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we pretty much describe ourselves as a 21st century charity for the 21st century male. So we we, we 
launched is a awareness launched the, the social media and it pretty much started attracting um, people on board we did some events and I always remember you know, at the beginning people a lot of people saying oh you'll never get Scottish men to open up about the mental health <clears throat> you can understand why I suppose yeah. can you that, that, well, that yeah I suppose I, I don't know I mean I, I I've I thought about that and I thought you know what we've got to be clever here so one of the first events we did was in um, a barbershop. Oh, that's cool. So we, we created the event, yeah. and that actually, it, you, if you create a safe space that men feel comfortable with, and my God, we couldn't, we couldn't stop them talking. Can you shut them up? Yeah. We couldn't <laughs> shut them up. So it actually, you know, you, you, you realise that you, you've got to create something that men feel is for them. Yeah. And then actually they will get involved. Mm-hmm. So long story short, it was then, it was getting to a point about what do we do and can we provide some kind of support, some kind of, you know, yeah, we're creating awareness, but what is it we can put in place that is also there to be supportive? Mm-hmm. And the Calm Zone do a um, helpline, and we were looking at that, but it's absolutely hugely expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for the Samaritans, you know, it's five pound a call. And I thought, no, there's got to be a diff- another way. Did more research, spoke to somebody who said, have you looked at apps? And I was like, okay, mm. okay. Did more research on that and then decided to use digital technology. It's coming into its own. Yeah. And the idea of it, it's very relevant to the fact of, uh, A, it, we all use mobile phones. Uh, the fact that men don't necessarily, especially at the beginning of a journey, want to talk about their stuff, you know. So if you give them a tool, and, you know, the tool is a very operative word within that man Mm -hmm. box. It's, you know, what do we do when we come across a problem? As a male, we try and fix it. So the idea was we give them a tool which they can download privately and in confidence, which they don't need to tell anybody about if they don't wish. Mm Yeah. So we partnered with Thrive, who'd... Uh, come up with this therapeutic uh, tool for stress and anxiety and what we did was we wanted to rebrand it and refocus it towards men mm-hmm. and so we we bought the license we have it until 2020 and the other part of it was we wanted it to be free anything we were going to offer we wanted it to be a free service because for men we already have enough barriers so yeah. you know um, and we launched that I think it was about three months ago, and mm-hmm. we've had a, a tremendous reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a very sophisticated bit of kit. It's amazing. Oh, have you been that? Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's I've been better. using it for about. So I usually use Headspace. Yep. So I'm, I'm into meditation and stuff. So I, I'm a, a, a keen practice of um, the the app. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I like that. Compared to Headspace, it's not just a meditation app. I like the deep relaxation, yep. like the tension stuff. That's stuff that I've read about. I've never oh, really it, went into. So it's brilliant, and it, it looks great. It feels great. Um, I was a bit skeptical. See when you see local, yep. no, no, but local apps. Yes, and you, a, no, re- no. A, a local restaurant yep. launches yep. an app, and you download it, and you're like, but this app is. Yeah, you can tell that it's been made very, very well. Yeah, they've spent a huge amount of money on it. It was. Created, I mean, it's a psychologist, uh, psychotherapist, and a games developer. Mm-hmm. And they worked for NHS 24 and were absolutely, because they're at the sharp end, were totally aware of, of the fact that 
waiting lists and because of the pressures the NHS yeah. under wanted to put something and they're in an intervention it's not there as a replacement mm -hmm. but it's there for for a guy particularly to to have that he can use it uses gaming technology so you can actually be on a train and it looks like you're playing a game mm -hmm. um but it's there to support why maybe they're waiting or they're on the waiting list to to, to for counseling or therapy or maybe they find they don't need to yeah. you know it's enough just to support them um and we've had a, an amazing reaction i mean we you know we're having something like 700 monthly users uh and it's been and the beauty of it and which really sort of actually got to the the crux of, of what we were trying to do is that it as long as you've got wi-fi you can download it wherever in in scotland yeah so we've got downloads from Stornoway to Dalkeith. And that, that thing of the highlands and the rural areas is, is especially important because obviously they don't have necessarily the, the immediate support services that you can have in, say, in Glasgow. And also, I suppose for me, it said, yeah, we are a, a, we are a, a site and a support network that's for all men in Scotland. Yeah. And um, it's really sort of, firmed up that we need to use more digital technology. Uh, so we're, we're launching on uh, the 10th of September, which is World Suicide Prevention Day. We shall be launching Brother Stay Alive, which is um, for suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. Now, so if you've got the Brother Feel Stress-Free, which is about support and prevention and giving you a way, coping mechanisms, yeah. we wanted to put something in place that, that was about crisis. Um, what's, so it's a, a simpler tool, but it has a lot of information, a lot of links, and it's for, for, for the man himself if he reaches crisis, but also it's for family and friends. It has a lot of information that is beneficial to them if they have somebody they know. Yeah. Um, so and that'll that's be... A, that's a big thing, and, and sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, that's And right. the build-up to obviously doing this, one of the things I read was that... Um, something like 61% of the population had had some form of experience with suicide, yep. but less than 40% of them would know how to support somebody yep. in crisis. Absolutely. Um, which is quite a frightening thing. Well, I, I did think as well, we have a, a fear. I mean, I, you know, the, 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 you, you are allowed to go up to somebody that you feel is in crisis and say, are you thinking of taking your own life? Mm -hmm. But people have a fear of, of saying yeah. that. And there was... For a while, like a stigma saying, well, if you mentioned suicide, it would make that person, you know, More be suicidal. Yeah. Well, well, the actual point of it is, is it's not. No, you, you, if you yeah. actually talk to them and say, listen, are you okay? Are you feeling suicidal? And I've done that myself. Then it's a way of, of uh, overcoming and, and actually exposing that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then being able to support that person. Why but do you I think that it is almost like to do where you we don't feel like we can approach people and, and ask them if they're, if they're feeling that way. Like, I, f I find that incredibly strange. But also, I've never done it. No, me neither. And I've had mates that I've felt might be in crisis, but I've never really approached it. I just don't... I would like to understand I why... Would, I would be comfortable like asking somebody if they were okay. I don't know yeah. that I would be asking somebody if they were having those types of thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think that might be one of the stumbling blocks, personally, that I would have. Well, I think we, it's that... <clears throat> As a society, we're still just... I mean, I think mental health awareness, especially in Scotland over the last couple of years, has been a huge jump. Yeah. And for me, one of the most satisfying things, I think, was when the Scottish government uh, actually put money into um, 
research into men's mental health and suicide in Scotland. And I thought it was a big, huge step forward. 2016 or so. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for them to actually turn around and say, yeah, we recognise that men and mental health and suicide is a, is almost a separate mm-hmm. thing that we need to tackle. It, was, um, it almost justified us setting up the, the site in that sense, even though we knew that's what needed to happen. Um, I think we need to get... I, I use the word a lot, normalise. We need to normalise men, mental health, suicide... You know, or we need to be able to talk about it as a subject the same way that we mention cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's not that long ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, that you called it the big C or you would yeah, whisper yeah. it. Now it's, it's now it's part of a current conversation. I mean, it's, you know, people will mention that they have cancer or they know somebody that's died. We need to get mental health and men and mental health especially mm-hmm. into that same um, that same frame that people will be able to talk about their mental health and no one will actually be scared or will take a back step. We're not there yet, no, but, um, you know, it's, it's slowly but surely happening. Even through my personal experiences, it took for me to start a podcast to start speaking about issues that I've faced um, personally. And that it, it seems strange that I feel comfortable sending it out to anybody, yeah. but I can't sit with two or three people and tell them, I'm a bit more comfortable in in, in previous bouts of um, sort of poor health. um, I have made use of local sort of community projects um, Life Link that I'd sort of discussed previously down at um, sort of Celtic Parkway. Um, And it it does help to talk, as I say, this has been my first sort of time talking with people that I know I've always preferred to talk and almost kind of anonymous to the people that are there with me. But I think... This is quite important because it's, you're creating a safe space. And I think it's really important for men. And I think, you know, if it's a podcast and that helps you, then, you know, that's your tool. That's your way yeah. of, of being able to talk about it. And you create this safe space. And it's that's pretty much, you fight. It's like going back to the barbershop. You create a safe yeah. space and you give us, you, we give ourselves permission then to talk about this stuff. And I think once you, once you do that, it becomes, over time, it becomes easier. Um, and even for, for guys listening to the, this podcast or listen to you guys talking about it will make them go, you know what, I'm not alone. That's something that I've actually already found a few instances of. Like um, my dad, for example, spoke to me about some stuff that he went through and experience he had with my grandfather who would have never been mm-hmm. able to discuss it in any way, shape or form just because of those sort of generational differences. Um, I've had old friends for previous works like, reach out to me on Facebook and stuff like that. It's been been quite odd, not in any massive way, but there's, there's, there has been a more open dialogue amongst yep. a few people that I know have suffered in their own ways over the years because they've seen this, which has been it's been quite a weird experience in a few instances for me. But at the same time, rewarding. And, well, yeah, and because I, th- I think this is part of of you know doing the, the podcast. It's part of that um, journey of normalising. Um, men and mental health and mental health in general you know the more we get used to having it as part of the conversation and it doesn't have to be in any deep and you know yeah. and it doesn't necessarily have to be that i've got a major mental health disability it, it can be that i'm having a sh- shit time at work or yep. I'm under pressure i've got a, this project i'm doing or I've, I'm, I'm you know the kids are mm-hmm. you know it can be whatever it is you know for men especially 
because we, you know, we, we're so used to bottling this stuff up. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, you know, because we, we just started um, three weeks ago the Blether with a Brother, which is our <clears throat> peer support group. And there's been a lot of research um, done about how if you get a group of men together in a non-clinical environment and you just allow them, and we, we call it a safe space for men to talk about men's stuff, and it's literally just that. You don't, you know, the guys come along and it's about you being able to put out what it is that's occupying you. And it's not about having some major yeah. mental health disability, even though there may be people alongside that do have that. But it's also having you know, the... the um, Emotional literacy. Yeah, and, and also being able just to say, I'm having a really crap day. And to put that out there and no one judges that or, you know, it's a non-judgmental space. And actually for men to share that stuff and to actually see the other guys go, it's all right, mate, you're not alone. You know, we're here to support you. It's something that's, it's, it's a very, it's a very cost effective way of getting guys to, to, you know, share their stuff. And again, very often, maybe they don't need to go to the GP. It's enough to maybe go to to a meeting every so often and, and just talk about that stuff that occupies yeah, them. Absolutely. Um, it, there's a there's a, a book that's come to my mind. I'm trying to rack my brain to figure out what this guy's author is. David something. It's called Feeling Good. Right. You ever heard about this book? It was no. written in the the seventies. Um, and this guy was a a psychiatric therapist in New York, and his waiting list was so long that people were committing suicide before they got to him. So he decided to prescribe family, friends, meditation. Uh -huh. And he found that 75% of the people decided that they didn't even need to come and see yeah, him. Yeah. And that they had dropped yeah. off. And I think that there's so something... It's like a slightly in, less 21st century <clears throat> version of what we're discussing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems... Well, it, it, it's occurred to me sometimes that we, I think we're missing something in society. Like, a, a, not necessarily like a spirituality, but... The, to say to somebody, if somebody was to say, say to me three, four years ago, if I was like, I don't feel great, and they were to say, why don't you meditate? I would have been like, right, aye, okay, mate. Right. Yeah, well, where are we, yeah, yeah, we yeah, going yeah. with this? Like, on, am yeah. I going to be wearing robes and yeah. Hare Krishna? And, and, but it, the, the positive effects of these things, the, the positive impacts that they had, they've had in my life, yeah. I don't know about anybody else really other than what they tell me, but I know that for a fact that meditation has made me a better person. It's made me a calmer person. I can quantify my thoughts so much easier. I can deal with anger. Like it, it's had so many benefits that I can't say how many. I think like how, well, how good it's been for me. But it ties I in. I feel strange saying that to people. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I think it ties in as well. I think both of us have had our experience of um, meditation and mindfulness through. Uh, you were using obviously Headspace. I, I personally use like Budify. Yeah. So it is something that's becoming more and more a sort of mainstream thing, and I think yep. that instant access to something that you can use to absolutely. bring yourself back yeah. into where you need yeah. to be is absolutely vital. No, I think I think it shows you the journey that that we are on as men and as a society. I think you're absolutely right. Ten years ago, if you said, you know, I can go in the morning and Alexa, Alexa, mindfulness, yeah. meditation, <laughs> and you can sit with Alexa and meditate in the front room. Well, I think that there's also something especially, and this will about digital technology. I firmly believe that digital technology, especially for men, is going to transform how we view and how we cope and manage our mental health. And I think what you both just said there actually adds to that. And there's, 
if you ever watch the, the the film that we produced, we we ended up making a film because for the site we could I could find no Scottish content which showed men talking about yeah. their mental health. Sorry, I could find one film, so we decided to make our own. And what was fascinating about the film is is well, there's loads of fascinating bits about it. I mean, the film ends up being over an hour long. You watch it in chunks. It's it's fantastic because you've got these three typical Scottish guys talking the only way that Scottish guys can about their stuff with humour, banter. I mean, mm-hmm. they get some deep places, but then they, they, they break it up with humour. But at one point, um, and you know, there's another story that I'll, I'll, I'll put alongside this. At one point, Graham who's the middle speaker, who who uses the um, the stress free, Brother Field stress-free app on a daily basis, more or less. And he's um, he's been sober for five years, so he's an alcoholic. But he, at one point he says, you know, I, I love using the app because it doesn't judge me. And I think for, for men, that's quite an important thing. Yeah. We, we, you know, that is something that occupies guys, men especially, all the time, is this fear of being judged. And it's why a lot of times the helplines probably don't get used until they're in crisis yep. because of that fear of being judged. And you know, going back to the digital technology, there's a guy that I've been sort of following, Pete Trainer, who runs an artificial intelligence company. Okay. And they create a lot of this stuff for Siri and... Um, you know, a lot of the messenger services that you find where you think you're talking to a human being, you're not. Yeah. But he's working on um, uh, an application, I think it's called Sue. And it's uh, and it's only in its beta testing. Mm-hmm. But it, the idea is, it, and specifically for men, is that you will be able to text Sue, who is a AI robot, yep. and you will be able to have, it will create, she or he will be create a safe space that you'll be able to have a conversation with through text. And what they did is they're beta testing it amongst 100 guys at the moment, and mm-hmm. they split it into 50-50. So the 50, first 50 guys, they said, you're talking to a computer, but behind that computer is a human being. To the other 50, they said, you're talking to a computer. And they got a better emotional response from the guys who knew they were talking to the computer. And I think it ties into this thing of not, not being judgment. judged. Yeah. Mm. So that's, that's quite fascinating. Seriously yeah. Under, yeah, there was there was something that I watched. Um, the Century Itself. It's um, who's the hyperman? Adam uh, Curtis. Adam Curtis. It was a good BBC documentary. It was out in the late eighties, early nineties. Talks about um, Freud and the impact of his kids uh-huh. and stuff and advertising. There was a, a segment in that where they spoke about a corporation in the seventies created a computer and they gave it a name. And when you spoke to the computer, all it did was repeat back to you exactly what you were saying. Uh-huh. That was it, in question form. Yeah. And they did it for uh, six months and then they took it away. And when they took it away, everybody in the place complained and wanted it back. Wanted it back. So it's almost, this. It, there's not, it's not AI because all, the computer yep. was an algorithm that yep. just formed a question. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you said, I feel yeah. bad, it just said, why do you feel bad? And then you had to just keep going and it would just constantly just question you and question you. And I, I think it's... You know, AI and, and, and digital technology, they're not a replacement. I have to, you know, I'm very yeah. clear on that. They're not a replacement for person-to-person therapy or, um, you know, going to see a counsel or whatever other support services. But as something that is there to support why yeah. you, you, you're progressing, and um, then I think they're, they're 
absolutely essential, specifically, <clears throat> especially in the men, for, for men and, and us in the, in the men box. And yep. I think this thing of not being judged and all that stuff, it all ties in. And if it, if it starts us on a way of them being able to go to the GP and talk about it or go to a therapist or go to one of the helplines and, yep. and you're empowering yourself to say, well, actually, A, I'm not alone. B, I've got these tools that support me. Now I'm ready to, 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 to go Absolutely. and make the next journey. Then I think, you know, that's got to be much better than waiting until they reach crisis and then they attempt Absolutely. to take their own lives. And unfortunately, <clears throat> the thing with men when they attempt to take, take their own lives is we're completists. We've got to fix it. We've got to create, we've got to use a method that well, there's no, we get it we'll do it yeah because yeah. yeah. you know, that's one of the things that yeah. I read in the build up to sitting down the day yeah. was that although roughly speaking in, in sort of Scotland and largely yeah. in the UK Western Europe that it tends to be sort of 75-25% yeah. male to female <clears> uh, in terms of suicide yeah. rates in Ireland it's slightly higher yeah. in recent years but generally speaking it's about 75-25 but what I read was that women actually can often make up to three or four attempts. Yep. So although men kill themselves more often, yep. women make far more attempts to kill themselves. Yep. We just it's because of the methods we use. It's because we have to use a method that there's, there's no coming back from. And that's why it tends to be, you know, hanging. Yeah. Jumping off a bridge, jumping yeah. in front of a train. Um, you know, it's that did that you know, I know there's research and I think the research that the the Scottish government is is funding is is going to be interesting to see what um, they come up with and yeah. what, what kind of you know what what is built into our psyche that makes us choose this way but i th- I, mean, I get some of it it's about we think that as men if we take ourselves out of the equation that somehow fixes it for those around us mm-hmm. but actually what you end up doing is creating actually more of a chaos chaos and, and an after effect which affects other people yeah that was uh, an interesting yeah. start that we're talking about was yeah. the, the domino effect Yes, that happens. That um, people that commit suicide are more likely to have had somebody close to yeah. them commit suicide, and that's a strange sort of copycat, as yeah. I would call it. And you find, and um, you know, you, I know there's a certain place in Kirk and Tillich. We've been a, a lot of men have taken their own lives, and he, they tend to use the same woods and the same method, mm-hmm. and that's not unusual. Um, there's a couple of suicide hotspots in Glasgow. Yeah. I think the the, Kings, the, yeah. the bridges yeah. as well and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know for, for along the Clyde, you know, there's a guy called Sandy who's been absolutely uh, fighting to try and get yeah. helplines put on. And I think you know he's absolutely right. I mean, you know, if there's a hotspot, of course, you know, do something. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's. Um, so one of the things I'd like to see in, in terms of where the Scottish government goes next. Um, particularly in relation to sort of you know Scotland, is we're now making strides to be more aware of our mental yep. health. It's becoming easier yep. to talk about it in the open. Um, but I think a uniquely sort of Scottish thing that has a major impact on suicide um, is the link between poor mental health and things like alcohol and substance abuse. And I think that's probably where for me I would like to see the next leap uh, go for Scotland in terms of, you know, what the government finds is that we've moved more away from just acknowledging that it's there and now talking about why it's there and what exacerbates it. And I think, well, I think within that, though, you've got to say, especially for men, why, you know, it seems very often when a guy dies because he's drank himself to death, 
or we've termed an alcoholic, that in for for the population that's easier to accept. Oh, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, actually, maybe that guy is using substance misuse and drugs and alcohol because of his mental health issues. So it's, it's self medication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, is you know, the, the, there is an argument say somebody that's is drinking themselves to death over a number of years is actually still taking their own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just I taking a bit longer. That, absolutely. So I think, you know, you're absolutely right to include that. I think, you know, it's it's about, you know, for me, Brothers in Arms is about prevention. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, a lot of the services that we have just now, unfortunately, are about crisis. Mm-hmm. And the frustration that you hear, you know, from from men, especially who've come to terms, is that they can't can't get any support from their GP. Not not through any fault of the GP, yeah. I have to say. Or, but the medical services are only structured to help if you've attempted to take your own life. So it, you know it's a self defeating thing. Mm-hmm. If you if you're creating a situation where men especially are, are saying, "Yeah, I'm going to open up and talk and acknowledge that my mental health." Need support, but then not provide something yeah. that adds to that support or helps prevent. Then it becomes a vicious circle. Yeah, and you hear stories all the times of a guy, you know, a guy talking to me, and I went to the hospital and I was suicidal, and they went, "Can I do anything? We can't do anything." Yeah, and they goes, "Going, what, what was the point of me getting to this point that I could talk about it?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that um, first step is absolutely the biggest is the, the, the you know going to the GP for the first time. Yeah. Or, getting to the hospital or whatever it is, is, you know, that first step is always the, the biggest one. And then have the door instantly yes, slammed yeah, in your I, face. I, so and that's your, you know, for the fantastic things that the, the Sam H and See Me mm-hmm. and the men, you know, do that about creating awareness, you know, in some ways they've done such a brilliant job where they're, they're creating this, but yeah. then there's not the support services in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To deal with that, that. That's what causes that there's some crazy statistic about 75% somewhere in that ballpark of men feel they've got poor mental health, but 69% of them would never go and seek help. Do you think that comes down to the the, the fact that the services are poor um, or that they feel stigmatised and we're still living a, think, in this past sort of... I think there's a, a combination of, yeah. of, of those things. And, and look, NHS and the GPs and, my God, you know, they're working under a huge amount of Absolutely. pressure. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, you know, I, was, I was listening to somebody from um, from Car- uh, CAMS, which obviously for young children and adolescents, and the pressure they're under. Yeah, my nephew uses CAMS. My yeah. nephew's got autism. And right. Well, I mean, you know, they, they've been... They're almost being asked to deal with everything yep. when it comes to children and adolescents. And, you know, you can see that there's sort of, there is not enough money and people that work with them to, for them to do do all that support. Yeah, so, be effective. You know, yeah, to be effective. So I think, um, you know, there's, there's got to be other things that are put in place. I yeah. mean, for me, obviously, it's digital technology is a very, very simple and easy yeah, way. absolutely. And if we as a, a fairly small charity have been able to raise funds and, you know, we're, we're going to have three, you know, we've got another app that I'll tell you about afterwards, but, we, you know, that's, 
one app we've launched, another app that we're just about to launch, and mm-hmm. the third one in October, which are effective tools. I mean, you know, I think the the government should be looking at a digital strategy. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. me, it would make such a what huge about the, difference. The entrepreneurial side is it time to get some serious private businesses involved in this type of thing? And I think we've got it. Yes, I do. I think we've got to be practical. I, I, you know, for me, I'm, you know. How can I put this? I've, for me, I, I think, and I don't know if I said this, our services are free, and I absolutely yeah. fundamentally believe mm-hmm. they have to be free. Yeah. And I think it's part to do with NHS, especially in Scotland, that we still have predominantly a free NHS. Mm-hmm. But if, it's, if it means that we need to utilise something that's privately done to... to provide support and, and fix, for want of a better word, then that's something that, we, on a practical level, we've got to try and do that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, because 75% suicide rate is just not acceptable in the 21st no, century. Not at all. And actually, most of these, and actually, the, the, the apps that we license, two of the places are social enterprises, and one of them is a charity. So actually, you know, mm-hmm. they're still... You know, are trying to give something back. Yeah. Um, by putting these apps out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to say, I think in terms of you know talking about the you know the corporate side of it and the entrepreneurial side of it, I think it should be a, a really easy case to make to companies and big businesses that they benefit when oh, their employees yeah. are you know mentally stable <coughs> and, and well. Um, and I think it's something that you know as we've went through the years, it's been health and safety, it's been various other things that were pushed back by a big business, then adopted and seen the benefits. I think this could potentially be another one that, you know, might be useful. Well, I think what, you, what you're finding now, <clears throat> and, I, you know, Thrive Therapeutic, who we licensed our app from, actually a lot of their, they have a lot of corporate customers who use the app, mm-hmm. their version of the app. Uh, as part of the HR support packages for big businesses. Because, you know, a, a forward-thinking business, an organisation, they're starting to recognise that the workforce needs to have good mental health. Mm-hmm. And if they can put in something using utilising digital technology along with their helplines and their literature, and it's quite a cost-effective way, then, you know... Absence through mental health is quite a big thing at the moment, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and it's going, <clears throat> and it's, it's only going one way. Yeah. So, even from a practical business point of view, you know, you're either paying for somebody to be off or you're paying them to be mm-hmm. at work. So, if you're providing something that actually helps them come back to work, but and very often people who are off with mental health actually want to be at work. Yeah, absolutely. It's the rhythm and routine, being with their colleagues, being in a supportive environment. And if, a, if, a, if an organisation actually creates an environment where we, they acknowledge mental health as something that's the same as a physical disability mm-hmm. and that we will support you, then they're going to find that the, the, their, their uh, attendance is probably going to start reversing. Because people will want to come back. So I think, you know, there's something within that, you know, I, I know Thrive, some of their customers, is British Airways, um, Land Rover. You know, these are forward-thinking yeah. I companies. Work for a, I work for a big corporate company and they yeah. use Thrive. And um, I've had people that work alongside me and, and under me um, go off with mental health issues and they get 
five or six free therapy sessions yep. through the company. Employee so, assistance yeah, programs and stuff yep. like that. It's yep. all really good, but yep. I work for, I've got a very good care package yep. and I, I don't really know very many other people other than Matt that's yeah. got a similar care package. I think, A, your, your company and your company are very forward-thinking to have done that and I think other organisations are going to have to if they want their workforce to be productive mm-hmm. in that true sense of the word then they're going to have to acknowledge that we need to accept that mental health is something that everybody has mm. mental health well-being is something that we need to be actively supporting because then you know it makes that person be more productive and wants to come to work. I think Absolutely. it's uh, it's one of the, the sort of figures I read in the build up to this again was that in terms of mental health, kind of like a, a you know risk factor for suicide mm-hmm. alongside things like alcohol and substance abuse, which we've discussed. Um, something like ninety percent of suicides come through people who have had previous mental health conditions. But on the flip side of that, people who had sought out mental health treatment like maybe these employee assistances mm-hmm. or whatever we're talking about, Thrive Apps, then are less than 5% of the actual suicide. So actually seeking out that treatment dramatically reduces you know, the likelihood yeah. of suicide oh, and people sure. who exist in mental health yeah, opportunities. Especially for many, it's a last resort. Yeah. It's that thing of there is nothing else for me, there's no hope, nothing else is working. I'm, I'm going to have to go down that route. Mm. Um, and I think... Especially for if we're talking about employers, those with large male workforces, again, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be beneficial where they they have something that um, that they have something that that men can. Again, it's that normalising. I, I it's funny enough, I went to a big organisation who wanted to us to talk about men and mental health, and we're getting a lot of organisation asking us, especially because we. From that, from the man box, and very often it's because somebody within the workforce who is male has taken their own life. So they, 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 it's a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to I'm doing a brilliant. We did a great event and it was a large turnout. And I remember the HR uh, person in HR was very proud and quite rightly of the support services they already had in place. And I remember looking at the literature and she showed me they've got the helpline and the literature. And I says, look, can I just... And it was great, but I said, can I just give you some feedback? He said, yeah, absolutely. So I held the, uh, the pamphlet, which was to um, advertise or to, to show the employers that there was a helpline that they could phone. And I says, you've got two women talking to each other. He says, yeah. I says, well, a man's not going to relate to that. You know, you've got to make this... The message has got to be able, you've got to speak to men mm-hmm. from that perspective. And she mm-hmm. sort of went, oh, my gosh, right, I get it. And it's very, very often it's very simple uh, things very like that. Very easy mistake to make, yeah. Well-intentioned, but oh, well intent- mark, well, I, yeah. You know, HR uh, departments tend to be, you know, promptly a workforce of women. They're doing their best that they can within, you know, to try and reach out to men. But it's very often it's about very subtle changes to to change things around. So for us with the, with the app, it was it's basically the same app as as Thrive used. What we did is rebrand it. And they were quite they were very supportive when it came to licensing because they were quite intrigued by us p- 
positioning it towards men. And, you know, I knew that if we did this and created it so that men saw it for themselves, you know, it would work. Now, of course, you know, I didn't know for sure, but actually, you know, they've come back and said this is amazing. Some of the, the, the stats are just tremendous. So it is, it's about very simple things of, of refocusing something towards men as a supportive tool and that they can respond to. Mm -hmm. There was an interesting thing that came up in the uh, BBC thing that I watched about um, about risky behaviour. Yep. That I was I was it, it I was like wait a minute is that something that you can sort of spot in your friends or is that yeah. like a, a telltale sign? That it can be. Is? We we tend to use risky behaviour and it ties into just you know it will be gambling it will be drinking it will be drug taking it will be you know I was at, I can't you know one of the brother with the brothers a guy. You know, with the escorts, you know, it's anything that's, that is, it's anything to obliterate reality. We will, as men, rather than face the reality of our situation, the stuff that we're going through, we'll try mm -hmm. and do something that takes us away from that. But unfortunately, that's, it's a short-term um, band-aid to a long-term problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. And very often what happens with the suicide attempt is when all those risky behaviours have gone through, then we reach this thing of right. I'm going to take myself out of the equation, and men, nine times out of ten, we plan it, and we plan it very well. Because we're going to fix this, and we're going to make sure that when we do it, we do it absolutely. Yeah, brute force. Yeah, and I, I, I would absolutely. I, th I, I thought the, the Coronation Street episode. I don't know if you saw that with the guy that. Took I've his read own about life. it in social media. If but... you can get a chance to, to see it, because what was brilliant about that was that um, the, and I'm not a Coronation Street fan, but um, it, they were, the script was helped with the the calm zone people. So when you see the, that main character going through these steps that most men go through, and up until the point, so he's giving away things. He's at peace with himself. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's laughing and joking. He's in the centre, but he's actually planned. He's planning. And then, what was powerful about it was the end result when the, his his body is discovered and the impact it had on the family and friends. You know, the anger, mm -hmm. the the frustration, the I never saw this coming. You know, it was a powerful piece of TV that showed you a man's, a typical male's um, journey to taking his own life and it was a you know it's a powerful piece and uh, you know that's how we tend to very often more often than not that's how we tend to do it mm. it's also really important that something like that is seen in you know a mainstream format oh, gosh, yeah you know what i mean like this yeah. is part of that normalization yeah. i suppose yeah. that you've talked about yeah i think it's really important also to get <clears throat> the, the the more digital side because it's happening in 16 and up and I mean, for me, somebody saying Coronation Street EastEnders, you'd be like, yeah, nah, I'm, not, I'm not watching that. Thing is, but, but the message is definitely like, if you look at historically, domestic abuse, uh, even sexual abuse, these things have actually been brought into the light by soap operas. Yeah. Oh, and, for sure. Like yeah. the mainstream soap operas. So <clears throat> it definitely has a place for um, like uh, opening it up and letting people see what it's actually Oh, like. no, I, I, you know, absolutely. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't. I mean, Coronation Street and the producers and the directors, absolutely a powerful piece of TV. You know, fair play, absolutely. They, they did a huge service because obviously it's something that reaches out to mm -hmm. a huge amount, a big audience. And, and uh, 
you know, all you had to do was see sort of the, the, the feeds and the Twitter feeds and the social media and, and the reaction and, and the gasps of going, my God, yeah. A, I didn't know the stats. B, I didn't know that's how men did this. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, very educational. In terms of Coronation Street's demographics, I know you're talking about, you know, there'll be a need for younger people to be, you know, having these discussions. You know, the demographics of people who probably watch Coronation Street will be in, you know, the, the sort of middle-aged and, and sort of, you yeah. know, I don't know, obviously there's an issue right up to the sort of mid-40s as people go through that sort of change in life. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe lose yeah. partners and stuff like that and start yeah. to feel yeah. sort of lonely and isolated. Yeah. So old media or sort of mainstream media still, I think, still has a place in that respect. Oh, for sure. You know I, what I mean? But I think actually touching upon younger people, I think that's something that we need need desperately, especially having, you know, spoke, you know, listening to the representative from uh, CAMS. Um we have got to start putting in place something that that is there for the young youngsters. And when I say youngsters, when I get an email from the mother of a nine-year-old boy saying, "My son is suicidal," can you help me? Mm-hmm. And that's not unusual. Then this stuff is 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 you know sixteen to forty-five is what we tend to is you know where our call it happens however yeah. you go to australia and it's younger right you know you're talking 11 to 25 and, and my fear is that if we don't get a handle on on the mental health of the young and for boys especially boys becoming men then we're going to find that they're going to take those same methods um that we do mm-hmm. as men and i, I think what we're, what we've got to start recognizing is that young boys especially because of social media because of peer pressure because of <clears throat> or because of stuff like love island are actually starting to go soup through stuff that that women have been going through for years which is body image mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know they're, they're down the gym working on their you know trying to get the perfect six pack Encompass with that. Put it, add on to that your peer pressure through social media. Add on to that that the job landscape, career landscape is changing hugely yeah. because of the advent of technology. Because you know, artificial intelligence is going to replace a lot of jobs. You know, I think it's weird that people like our fathers went through, you know, the loss of railways and post offices and the shipyards and all yeah. these kind of things that. You know, Glasgow used to be synonymous with and to deal with that. But now, probably when we get to that age, our big sort of technological crisis will be that we are likely to be largely replaced by AI well, and it's, it's you know, whatever else. Yeah, it's happening. It's, it's happening, happening already. It's, it's happening right now. So I think, but for me, you know, when I left school at seventeen, it was pretty much you Straight knew what you job. know. You could get a job and you could buy a house and get married. Mm-hmm. You know, buying a house is now beyond the reach of most. Uh, people coming up, you know, no job for life. You know, your pension plan. Who knows? You know, so they're they're sort of um, the pressure to, to 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 have some kind. And you know, as as men, we're supposed to be breadwinners, and we're supposed to do this, and we're supposed to do that. We have got to start trying to teach resilience, especially resilience has got to be something that we put into to the younger generation and guys, young boys, especially because they're going to have to be able to cope with all the changes and the, and the mm. knockbacks that. And, you know, if they're not taught to roll with the punches, for want of a better word, then, 
you know, we're going to see the suicide rate is not going to go away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, I think, you know, if I was the Scottish government, that would be something. I, I know within the 10-year plan they're looking at, you know, the younger age group. But yeah. it's, uh, they're doing the, the, the trial in Dundee with a universal basic income. Oh, I think that's got to be something we've got to look at. <coughs> Absolutely. I think, oh, I think there's definitely another big some, some crazy statistic. Um, I know it's America, but if self-driving cars will put 10% of the... Yeah. the so like 2.6 million people out of a job overnight. Yeah. And what are we going to do with these people? Yeah. This is, this is the big question. This was something that I was going to ask, is how much of the the economical shift that we've seen in the last sort of 10 years. Um, I mean, it seems to be that even though that we're told that we've recovered, nobody's feeling the recovery no, particularly. No, no, no. This is just a new norm, really. That's yeah. just get, get no, used to it. Gig economy and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. How, how much is this affecting people? Because like you said, the man should, I mean, I grew up with like my dad going out, going to work, going to the pub on Friday night. Yep. My mum looked after the money, really traditional, yep. but he, he he made the money, she spent the money, basically, yep. like that traditional right. sort of, my mum worked part-time, but I was always told, so from like nine, I had a paper round, and then I went straight for the paper round to McDonald's, and then I, while I was at uni, I was in work to McDonald's, straight into Virgin Megastore, and so I've went from job to job to job, I've been yep. very, very lucky that I've yep. never been, yep. spent a period of time without a job, yep. Um, but like I grew up with that sort of ideal where like my my dad would be like you get a job and you provide this mm -hmm. is this is mm -hmm. what you do as a man. Mm -hmm. How much? You, yeah, I think that there's a big part of it is these like, boys are looking back and maybe thinking granddad owned a house, owned a car, granddad didn't work. Where where where's my place? Oh, I think so, and I think that's. Um, I think as a society, I think we 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 it's incumbent as, upon us as a society. You know, and baby boomers, it's incumbent. You know, they've 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 had the best of it. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They deserved it. They fought for it, you know, went through two wars to... But what we've not done is put anything in place to for the generations that are coming up below us. You know, what, what, what are we leaving them with? You know, gig economy and... Mm. You can't get on a housing ladder and not necessarily a pension and we're expecting them to somehow get through through life and you know it, it, you know i think it's incumbent upon us and I, I speak about myself as somebody that's part of that baby boom if you like that we have to put something back we have yeah. to give something back we have to put something in place you know that supports those that are coming coming up, um, and I think too often people tend to think, "Well, somebody else will deal with it." Well, yeah. you know what? Well, mm -hmm. But we've been who who we've been almost like like worn down to the individual. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yes, yes. It, it's enough sometimes just to be dealing with life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just to, on a day to day basis. Um, you know, I. I you know, I'm a firm believer in pay it forward and give it back. I think you, 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 you know, we have to, and we have to do something about supporting. I'll tell you an interesting, uh, an interesting Facebook live that I, I've watched with this guy. Really good guy. Can't remember his name. I've watched a couple of his Facebook lives. He said that there should be a scheme where fifty and up buy the sports car in the midlife crisis, but. <laughs> 
give it to a 21 year old that can make the use of it and enjoy it and not you know look what? ridiculous and, yep. the, and I thought that's that's superb it's yep. like, but, yeah. but when that 21 year old gets to 50 and he has he's his got middle, to do the same thing he's got to do the same, same thing, thing. I, 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 I don't uh, yeah so I can maybe see lobby the, the Scottish sense. government yeah, for, I, I, I think it's going to get more difficult as well I think when you look at obviously the near decade of austerity that the UK has mm-hmm. faced already um, with Brexit coming in and you know the hardliners like Rhys Mogg yeah, talking yeah. about it will take 50 years to recover um, the notion of government funded mental health is is vital but also somewhat laughable in a, in a lot of respects because the money will just get an ever decreasingly smaller circle for me yeah. and I think that's where guys like yourselves yep. the charity the app yeah um, we spoke on a previous episode with Eva about um, she provides um, life coaching via Skype. You know, there's this yep. a digital Thanks. space where all. you know people can actually be helped yes. a lot more. There's a, there's a website I think it's called SafeSpace.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's I mean I'll be honest, it's an amazing service, but it's not cheap. It is not affordable. I mean, right. it's like. Um, well, it's affordable, but it's only affordable. Yeah, to certain, it's yeah. like three hundred quid a month if you if you want to use it every wow. month, and somewhere between two fifty and three hundred a month. And but you have got on demand at any time counselling therapy. Um, it's they say that usually within twelve hours if you've got a specific problem, but if you want to just general counselling, mm-hmm. you can go on and mm-hmm. you just video call. And I think again we're working back to the 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 technology side. Like we we need these people. We, yep. we need. We need to utilise if 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 there's somebody in like in, in New York that yeah. can help somebody in Glasgow, we've, oh, we've sure. got everything that we need to do. Why Absolutely. don't we do it? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think one thing I've I've learned from the this whole uh, journey with Brothers in Arms, and you know, is a couple of, couple of stats. Eighty percent of our fundraising comes from I call them the sisters from women. They're pretty much their mothers and sisters of guys who have mental health behind. issues or have been left behind. Yeah. That that's, tells you something. Um, and 80%, when we started the social media <clears throat> side of things, 80% of the people that were jumping on board to begin with was the sisters. Or women. And we, we have this thing, you know, hashtag as uh, brothers need sisters, because we do. Mm-hmm. And every brother has a mother. You know, and it, it's it's... It's amazing. And actually, you know, if you go back to the Calm Zone, which was started 10 years ago, it was actually, you'd think it was started by a guy. Well, it wasn't. It was started by a woman. Mm-hmm. And that tells you everything as well. Oh. You know, because if we're left to our own devices, it's just not going to happen. And I, th- so, and what, what I've found is when we have put a project out there, that the response, especially from uh, the women, has been pretty, pretty quick and immediate so you know we're working on a third app and this ties into the discussion we've had about below the age of 16 because you know when I go back to that mother that contacted me with a nine-year-old son I'm thinking my gosh how how do we approach that yeah and the brother feels stress-free can be used from 13 upwards but you know you below that unless you had an adult so we found an uh, another app that we're going to launch called worry knots and this is for children from five upwards and we've made this for you know 
girls or boys. I mean, this is an actually this is actually pretty much in response to those mothers and sisters yeah. who are you know of children their own, and you know they've got this mental health awareness and they've seen what's happened. And the beauty of this app, and it's, it's downloaded onto a, an iPad, and it's got four characters that the kids, the children interact with. And the beauty of it is that then there is an app that the parent has on the phone. So for me, it's empowering the parents. So actually, when the children, the kids interact with these characters and maybe they talk about stuff that's occupying them, for the first time, a parent has a connection to see what's going on. And for me, it almost responds to when I've had the conversations with the parents, especially the mothers who... You know, the thing they were talking about the most is, why did I not see that? My son was the way that he was. Mm-hmm. You know, I did. why didn't I know, know that he was, was going through this stuff? So hopefully we've got this 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 new connection. That's going to give them some kind of connection and, and be able to be involved with their, their children from an early age. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, out of all the projects, it's almost, if we're talking about prevention, there's something that hopefully... And again, it's not to—it's not replacing anything that's already in place. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's empowering the parents. It's giving mm-hmm. the parents an integral part, as you should be as a, a parent of a child. That information could be vital when talking yeah. to a GP about yeah, a young child. Yeah. You know what I mean? What? Yeah. So I'm—I'm I'm really, and you know, a lot of the funding from that has come from, has come through, the website has come from, you know, parents and and mothers who've you know done fun done runs and. Mm-hmm. you know various fundraising activities and i think also they respond to the fact that when we put something out there they can see where the funding is going it's mm-hmm. going to something that's concrete that they can see yeah yeah i think I've, I've through the process of the podcast obviously we spoke to a relationship coach and um you're confirming a lot of what i'm seeing is that it's women that are leading the charge on oh, this sure. recovery for men <clears throat> and it kind of goes against what you would see happening in general in social media. If I just viewed social media, I'd never done the podcast, I'd never spoke to these people online, I would imagine that the sexes have been polarised. Um, the, 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 the sort of toxic masculinity narrative and the yeah. the feminism and like it's all men's fault and this sort of splintering that we're seeing happening between the sexes. It was, it's been really interesting and actually like perspective changing to see that the charge Absolutely. is being led by women, and that, that all the, I think ninety percent of all the online coaches that I see are women, yep. and they're speaking to men. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the, as well. Ava had said that it's always their wife or girlfriend is the person to make the first step. Absolutely for the man we, we, as well. Yeah, I mean, until we get until we're able to occupy that space, which I think is going to take a few years, then absolutely we we, we they are the ones that are and because they see it. They they see it for what it is, and they know very often. Most of the times, they know what's best for us, and they know that we're not going to. And I've had, you know, um, emails and messages from guys who said it was my wife or my girlfriend that made me join or mm-hmm. come on board. Yep. Do you know, from from my point of view, absolutely whatever, whatever it takes. But actually, then for him to put that out there, another guy might see that and go, you know what, he's done it, I'll do it. Yeah, and. It is. It's a very a complicated thing because it's almost for the for the brother to, for the brother to work, it needs to be men only. Mm-hmm. But actually, going back to the life coach, when I was 
uh, when I do therapy, I actually prefer talking to a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, you, does that mean you've got to be a man? To, to, no, actually it's not. It's about once you've reached and given yourself permission to say, I am now going to start talking about this or seeking help, actually, you know, once you've made that decision, you, you, you it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it's not important who you serve. Yeah. It's important that you take the step. As long as you're not judged, I think that's the, yeah. the mm-hmm. thing. Well, that's... We're well past the hour now. Man. Oh, is that? Yeah. yeah. Has it gone by so, so if you uh, that every single podcast is the exact same, <laughs> we're just like just blank and it's gone. Done. Um, if you get anything, you've get you mentioned a couple of events. So you get anything that you want to just sort of reiterate that's coming up or promote? I think the only thing that I would like is the blather with a brother, which we for us has been it's been three weeks going. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had fifteen men at the, the first. I think we had ten at the uh, last one. Nine. At, last week and what was quite fascinating is <coughs> when you attend them there's guys that'll come along and go I'm not going to talk and then within 15 minutes they're talking, they're talking. Um, we hold it at the Steps Community Centre uh, it's something that we would like to grow it's two ambassadors that, that do that Michael and uh, Graham that are pushing that side of things <laughs> and really it's, it's, it's really um, for me it's a, it's it's part of the strategy. So we've, we we do the blow with the brother um, peer support groups, and then we've got these support tools in place that they can download. So when they're not able to go to uh, yeah a meeting meeting, they've got this other yep. stuff that they can, that they can link in with as well. Um, and yes, like the Facebook page, uh, go on the site, and I think most of all for, for guys especially download. The app. Yeah. Download the app. Couldn't it's free. Use it. It's there. You don't have to use it all the time, but at least have it on your phone for when you, yeah. you know, when you do need it. Nobody's bad. I've put links to everything that we spoke about in the description Fantastic. on YouTube as well, so that yeah, it's dead easy for everybody. But thanks very much for coming. I know. Oh really no, it's my my absolutely my pleasure. No, no, it was. A, I totally appreciate what you guys are doing, and you want me back. Not a problem. Super. Brilliant. Thank you very much no for coming in. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers, guys.